Good morning and welcome to chapel. We're going to begin our time of worship by singing number 567 in hymnal of worship book, How Firm a Foundation, number 567. Please stand and we will sing verses 1, 2, 3, and 5. have a firm foundation in our God, the God who created the foundations of the earth and is the cornerstone of salvation, the God who is the substance of spirit. And through the chaos of deep waters and the valleys of death and the fiery trials, God does go with us. But is this always how we feel? Rather, many times our lives feel unfounded. Will we graduate? What will we do afterwards? What if the economy tanks? Or the world warms up too much? Or I become sick and don't have health care? The Psalms are full of cries to God that claim God's support is absent. How long, O God, until you will rescue me? Will your hand always be heavy upon me? And some of the giants of the biblical text, Moses, Abraham and Elijah all suffered from intense fears that do not seem to convey God as a foundation. Even Jesus, in today's scripture reading, seems fearful. From the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verse 32 through 42. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even unto death. Remain here and keep awake. And when going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that, if possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, For you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I want, but you want. 
He came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not stay awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not fall into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came back and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. And they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. A fitting passage as we ready ourselves to enter Passion Week. Today we have Seijin Lee, a double major in Bible religion and art, to share with us about this passage. There are moments in our lives when our fears and pain are just too raw, too real, too powerful, that they don't disappear simply by acknowledging the existence of God. In fact, acknowledging God's existence in times of great suffering can only be more painful. The kinds of fear experienced during such moments can haunt our thoughts our emotions and bodies. They indeed can dictate our lives. Nothing is more agonizing than to know that you must trust and have faith in God and yet just simply can't because your fears have consumed your entire being. Jesus Even the Son of God recognizes this as he talks to Simon Peter in verse 38 of today's passage. Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus already knows the cross before him. He had already told his disciples that one of them will betray him, finish his last supper with his disciples, and even predicted that Simon Peter, the very person whom whom he is now talking to, was going to betray him three times. While Jesus already knows that what is before him, he also knows the depth of his own fears and therefore goes to the garden to pray. By looking at Jesus who seeks out God even amidst this this moment of life vacuuming fear, we also can in our own lives start to move beyond to trust in God. First, Jesus asks us to admit our own fears. In verse 33, it says that Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his three most beloved disciples, and began to distress and agitated. Jesus then said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Now that is a pretty strong statement. Though I have had some experience with fear and pain in my fairly short 22-year-old life, none stick out as being as deep 
as death. These words in and of themselves indicate a powerful and real fear, yet coming from the mouth of Jesus who is anticipating his own death seem to deepen the depth of his fear. Jesus is no faker who tried to remain strong and sugarcoat his fear with smooth talking. Rather, by laying them to his disciples, Jesus owns his fears, even if that hints at his weakness and the lack of self-control. The the importance here is honesty. In order to establish and maintain an authentic relationship with God, we must be honest with our own feelings. We must bring them raw and genuine, even if that to you seem angry or even disrespectful before God. After all, if God is omniscient, all-knowing, would God not already know the depth of our sorrow, even if it is as deep as death? Second, Jesus not only asks to admit our fear, but also asks to admit our weakness. Jesus threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Jesus addresses God as Abba, Aramaic for Father a term of warm affection and filial confidence. Just as a child in danger calls out, Mommy! or Daddy! in desperation with confidence that its parents are capable of rescuing it, Jesus too called out to God. By claiming his fear before God and his community of faith, the disciples, and accepting his weakness, calling out to God, Jesus became very vulnerable. His acknowledgement of fear admits that his his own will or desire is actually quite different from God's. We have a tendency to think that Jesus, being the son of God and all, understood without any doubt that God's will for him what God's will for him was, and therefore he accepted without hesitation or question. However, when Jesus throws himself on the ground and calls out to God in desperation, we see that was not the case. What is presented here is really a conflict of wills, a conflict between the will of the frightened, weak, and vulnerable Jesus, and that of the almighty God. Jesus is about to die, like really soon, and finds his own desire different from the path he knows is ahead. In verse 38, when Jesus tells the disciples that the flesh is weak, this was not only a reminder to Peter and the disciples, but I believe that this was also Jesus' own confession to God. Though his spirit is willing, his fear is too vivid and too powerful 
Even Jesus knows the agony of wanting to trust and yet the inability to do so. Well, that's great news. If Jesus, the Son of God, could not trust for himself, how are we to do so? How are we to trust? After admitting to himself and his disciples that trusting is not an easy but nearly an impossible task, the passage then says, Jesus went away and prayed once more, saying the same words. Though it is not explicitly written in the scripture, I think that something different, something certainly more than simply saying the same words, must have happened here. Otherwise, how can Jesus, who had just now confessed the painfulness of his own fear and the inability to trust, able to say, the hour has come, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Maybe it's the whole Son of Man thing, but that was a pretty quick in emotion, quick change in emotion, pretty quick switch in words. Perhaps a switch in one's decision. After acknowledging his fear and his own desires before God, Jesus must have chosen to trust in God. And this, not the trust itself, but the decision to trust, is the final step Jesus asked us to take. It was this very decision to trust amidst his fear and weakness that God's will became manifested through Jesus, which in retrospect, Jesus who, like us, was once frightened and weak by understanding and experiencing, by tasting this very will of God, chose to trust. What then is the will of God? that suddenly transform even Jesus' deepest fear to an active change in his decision to trust. In order to understand the will of God, we must first understand who God is. As 1 John 4.16 says, God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Just like this passage, I believe that God, in essence, is love. And Jesus, who called out to God, Abba, Mother, Father, already knew that God is love. He simply needed to be reminded of it. After admitting his own fear and weakness, Jesus was once again reminded of God's love or like the first John's passage says, was abided in God. Or rather, God abided in Jesus. As God abided in Jesus, Jesus unlocks the hidden beauty in the depth of God's will. Jesus alone, like us, was frightened 
and weak to fulfill God's will. However, Jesus, by claiming his own fear and weakness and by choosing to trust God, God's will indeed was fulfilled, not by Jesus, not only by Jesus, but through Jesus. Likewise, there are moments in our lives when we struggle to follow God's will, when we struggle to love as God loves. When your fear consume your whole self and your weakness dance around you in circle mocking, these are the moments in which we are called to remember the Jesus of Gethsemane, the frightened and weak Jesus who chose to trust in God. Like Jesus, we too must submit our own fears and weaknesses. We too must deliberately choose to jump into the very heart of God. It is then, it is then and only then that God transforms our very inability to trust into a decision to trust. It is not through our own effort, our own will, that we can love, but it is God through us who loves. How liberating this is to be assured that it is God who loves even through our fear and weakness, our incomplete selves. Well, does this suggest then that we should stop trying? Of course not, because to tr stop trying means to continue to dwell in our own fear. And fear, as we all know, is real, still powerful and merciless. To this, 1 John in verse, verses 18 and th through 19 speaks once more. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not, or not reached perfection in love. Therefore, love, because God first loved us. Perhaps, this was the very reminder Jesus received in between after his final prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane and before he came down to his disciples to be taken away. Jesus acknowledged his fear and weakness and de deliberately chose to jump into the fulfillment of God's will, the perfection of God's love that surpasses even death. Truthfully admitting our own fears, our weakness, and to finally and purposely choosing to trust in God, even when trusting seemed mere impossible. This is following of God's will. This is the ultimate tr trust fall. As we each arrive at the end of our Lenten journey and prepare ourselves to enter into the sacredness of Holy Week, 
May we be reminded of our actions. May, may we be reminded of Jesus' actions at the Garden of Gethsemane. Though we still taste the bitterness of our own fear, may we admit our fears before God. Though we still are mocked by our own weaknesses, may we admit even that before God. And above all, may we choose to trust in God Thus, by love itself, thus by doing so, may we too understand, experience, and taste the love of God. And God, the love itself. So that not us, but God through our broken selves may love. May we deliberately jump into God's opened arms as Jesus did in practicing the ultimate trust fall. In response to Sajin's sermon, we will be singing number 519 in hymnal of worship book, Shepherd Me, O God. This is a setting of a f- very familiar biblical text, Psalm 23, and perhaps as we sing, we can imagine ourselves as Jesus offering this prayer, this psalm to his Abba. Stephanie will be singing the verses, uh, the stanzas that are printed there below the refrain, and we will, we will begin with the refrain, and I will bring you in after each verse.
Please bow your heads and pray with me. Lord, we pray that through our lives of fear and weakness, we may be like Jesus in the garden and give them to you so that through that sacrifice, you may work your perfect love through us. Let us go from this place prepared for the work you will do in our hearts this Passion Week. In the name of Jesus Christ, who came to save. Amen. Go in peace. You are dismissed.